Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.
welcome you to a, another episode of Porch Talk. This is your host, Alan, and I'm on the phone lines again. I gotta burn them down. I gotta catch up with Fuzzy because something, <laughs> something great just happened for the guys. Oh yeah! So what's going on, my man? How how's life in Buffalo, New York this season? Life is cold right now in Buffalo, New York. It uh, it's a, a cool, uh, I don't know, twenty eight, twenty nine degrees. Yeah, I can't relate, dude. It's been like sixty here today. Oh man, that's nice. The only that's thing nice. that's different is um, I can't testify because I've never been that far up. But okay. from what everybody tells me is like further south I've ever been is North Carolina. But okay. uh, everyone tells me like the difference between like the north and the south is our humidity. And so like 40 degrees here, it'll be like a what they call a wet cold. Right. And it hits you different. But then like you hear songwriters talking about the, the cold in the northwest and the northeast. And it's just kind of a different kind of thought code and i don't know how to describe it <laughs> yeah i mean when it gets here's the thing it was like when i lived out in california you know when you were when i lived on the east coast you know it was hot and humid in the summer times um you know where 80 80 degrees with like you know 90 percent humidity is just god awful you know yeah and um you know but the thing is, is everybody said, "Oh, well, you're going to move out to California. It'll be a dry, it'll be a dry heat." Well, 110 is still freaking hot, man. Yeah, like I think, you know? I think, like right when it touches 90, that's hot. Like yeah. I, I don't so, care, I, mean, I don't care where you are. Cold is cold. Yeah. Don't matter if it's a wet cold or if it's a northeast cold. Yeah, <laughs> so I, I guess that's the best place to leave it. It's just cold. It's just cold, guys. That's right. <laughs> And I'm cold. <laughs> Absolutely. Cool, man. Yeah, dude, it's been what a heck of a year. It's we we've been blessed these past months. Man, um, um it's it's been uh it's been great knowing y'all and following y'all. It's same it's, here. it's it's been so much fun to just just to track y'all. Yeah. Um yeah, you know, I I uh now that we're getting toward you know, the end of the year and stuff, I'm, I've been looking back and um, kind of looking back at our year, you know, and uh, when we started up in February with our first show and where we are now. And, uh, you know, <laughs> it was back in September. I'm like, all right, well, we just played Willie Nelson. What are we going to do now? <laughs> yeah. You know, and uh, and you just keep plugging along, you know, Um that's that's the thing when you're um when you're an artist and, and you got your you know your day job and your side hustle is your music and you're putting all your heart and soul into it you just got to keep plugging along um because you know you keep doing that other things will pop up and uh so just recently um you know last year i had uh done this Toyota Taste of Country uh, hometown riser competition. Yeah, through our local radio station, uh, Country Radio one hundred six five. A lot of folks and, come out uh, for it. What's that? Did a lot of folks show up to you know partake in it? Yeah, um, last year, um, yeah, it was you know there were 
four bands, I think, that went through. And, uh, you know, I was fortunate enough to be a finalist. And, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't win. And uh, I, I guess I lost by like this. I heard like one point or, you know, whatever it was, it was real close. How did they judge it? By the crowd <sighs> response or? No, there was, that was part of it. Your uh, interaction with the crowd and how you, uh, your stage performance and presence. Um, but songwriting and um, musicality as well. Um, and there was one other one. I, I forget what it was. But what was nice is there's, there's three or four judges. Um, and it's not based on, you know, audience uh, approval, you know. So people were actually judging you on certain criteria. And uh, so, yeah, so last year it just didn't happen, and I was just happy to be a uh, second runner-up. Yeah. And, I mean, that gave us steam going into 2019. Absolutely. Like, uh, I can't imagine, man. Like, so the conversation, um, did the guy, like, tell you, like, why you were number two? No, I mean, no one, no one really told me uh, why or, or or what. They didn't give me like the results and stuff. But um, you know what? Though I I looked back at that, and you know, after reflecting now over the past year, yeah, um, you can see why I that one point that you know may have may have made the difference. It, it's very clear looking back at it because. Um, it was, had I won that, I, I, I don't think it would have been beneficial, um, because I don't think I would have learned as much over the past year as I had. Um, one of the things was, is confidence and commanding the stage. Yeah, and I didn't have that then. And, um, I remember I got up there, I was so nervous. I dropped my pick. <laughs> great you know fortunately i had one in my pocket and i was able to quickly grab it and, you know it didn't make a difference but then you know during capo changes i put it on the wrong capo and um you know i didn't i didn't do any detriment to my songs but um it was that confidence that i think um that didn't shine through and uh you know i think that's why i lost and rightfully so because um, Jillian, who won it last year, she's uh, she's doing great now. She's down in Nashville, and I wish her all the luck in the world. So yeah, and she was ready. Uh, yeah, oh yeah, man, she killed it. So yeah. um, I, th- I so think this year it came around again. I think that's great, man. And like, I, yeah. I, it kind of seems like since I've started following the you know the fuzzy and the rust belt story, I I think that's a good intro as far as. Uh, there's nothing like a good loss. Yeah. It's, it's almost like you didn't lose. Well, you know, I think that's the thing about life, right? Is we, you only, you're not going to win. You're going to lose more than you win, right? Yeah. And it's, it's uh, learning uh, a lesson in the losing that makes you better at whatever it is you're, tr- you're strive, striving toward. Yeah. And, um, I'm a firm believer in that, and that's what happened. It just, it, I don't know, it just kind of, I dug in, and I'm like, all right, well, let's go. Let's let's see where 2019 takes us. Just to brush over some of the highlights, yeah. just uh, 
What about 2019, man? What of well, What are what are some of those moments? Well, I mean, coming out in February 2019 with our debut album release and selling out our first show. Um, that was that was huge. That was a big confidence booster. Yeah, it had to mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, even though I came in second place, um, I still had uh, you know some help from uh, the radio station, and uh, they were pulling for us as well. So we uh, we opened up for Rodney Atkins, Maddie and Tay, and uh, Mitchell Tenpenny. Um, at uh, the UB Center for the Arts, which is a, a local, you know, university at Buffalo. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, again, that was an acoustic performance and, you know, uh, another experience on a big stage in front of a bigger crowd. Did uh, did you say Rodney Atkins? Yeah. I thought so. Are we talking about, like, the Rodney? The Rodney Atkins, yeah. Yeah, I thought, man, wow. Yeah. Yeah, there's a photo of me on my Facebook page. <laughs> <laughs> that's cool, yeah. man. Like I, uh, yeah. I, I, I haven't heard that story, man. That's a cool story. Yeah, um, he was a cool guy. I only got to talk to him for a little bit backstage, but uh, nice guy. And he and his wife um, debuted a new song that night. And, uh, man, it was awesome. It was a duet, and uh, it was fantastic. They uh, They killed it. I don't man, think there was a dry eye in the audience. I want to pause right there, man, because I, I want to plug this. It's like really been the beauty <laughs> of uh, Porch Talk. Like, just uh, we haven't personally met or like talked before or after a show, you know. But um, you know, even even with the way that we met, and now that what you're doing on YouTube is is brilliant, and I really appreciate what you're doing. Is uh, the interviewing with Porch Talk with some of the Sunstroke? Uh, interviews is like that was immediately before or immediately after the show and right. it's just so much easier to enjoy and get the music when you know the artist yeah and so man well your youtube the fuzzy fridays man i just want to give that a shout out i want to plug that myself is uh because I, I always try to share it on our on our media and yeah, uh because like um you know 50 million uh, like I, that was one of my least favorite tracks on the album. Uh, yeah, that's all right. You know, everybody's got to have a least favorite track. That's all right. But because of a fuzzy Friday, uh, you changed my mind. Like right when you played that lick, and uh, it was the first time I'd ever heard it acoustic. Like oh, okay. I was like, I know that lick. This is okay. Here we go. And then you, you just you just started telling the story about it, and I was like, and then I went back and listened to it, you know, after the show was over, and I was like, I get it, and I dig it, and now it yeah. like becomes like one of the more memorable and you know a favorite track off the album. Sure. But a uh, banger of an album, guys. If y'all have not checked out Fuzzy and the Rust Belts, uh, that's one of them albums that you'll put it in and you'll sit way through it, you'll whole way, you'll enjoy it. But yes. uh, I just wanted I just wanted to plug those Fuzzy Fridays, man. I think I think that's a great idea. Thanks, man. Yeah, um, a buddy of mine, he, I call him my consigliere. Um, he and I, we do a lot of, uh, um, we kind of do a lot of back and forth and uh, little, you know, ideas here and there and what would be uh, beneficial. And and he and I 
kind of were talking one day. He's like, well, what about, you know, maybe doing some sort of vlog or something? And uh, so that's how Fuzzy Friday kind of came to be. um, But we just recently had a conversation today. It's funny you mention it. Um, One of the things about live performance that you don't get from an album is those little stories that maybe heighten the emotional response or you you kind of look at the song differently i think that's I, you, I think that's what did it for me i, I hate yeah. i cut you off right there but it, it like caused an emotional response because we all have those people in our lives that i can just choke the mess out of you but i just love the mess out of you right <laughs> And yeah. here's and here's fifty million reasons why. Yeah, and uh, and that's exactly that's exactly it. You know, you um, because you go to a live show, right? And I always say to people, "Well, we've got the album, but we've also got the live show." And if you ever been to one of our shows, is you know, Mountain Song is a full band, like almost like a folk punk rock kind of giddy up to it it's just it's neat like it's nothing like the album um you know take me to the river has we've got three different intros that we can use uh for whatever type of setting we're in uh for that song and um you know the flatlander we do full band now so the things you hear on the album aren't necessarily what you're going to hear live you're going to hear um (laughs) kind of like our cover of our song you know <laughs> yeah man i i dig it um that's the way man lately that i've i've really enjoyed playing like my songs is yeah as i'm figuring out what they could be yep. you know and like just playing them out you know like maybe over to friend's house and be like man i just wanted to share this with you yep. I, i've never tried to write like this i've never used chords like this oh okay you know and i was like i was listening to uh I don't know, say anything the other day and I just forgot how cool this chord was. Yeah. And um I thought I would try to use it in the song and so here we go. And um I mean it's and that's so much fun is like each time you play it, like you might play it a little bit different or like you said, like I I like introducing songs way different and maybe it's not even the same genre even anymore. Right. It's a it's a cool space to be in, like covering yourself. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, it's you know, it makes it fun too, you know. And I mean, we stick within the you know the bounds of of what Fuzzy and the Rust Belts is all about. Um, but you know, it's it makes it fun for for us. It makes it fun for the audience too sometimes because they're like, "What's this song? Oh, I know that song. Oh, yeah. I like that." You know. Yeah. And um, you know, and that's what you know, mountain song is, you know, it's a, it's a, you know, small acoustic song <clears throat> with, you know, a vocal and a harmonica on the album. But when you come out to a fuzzy and the Rust Belt show, it's a full on rock show, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> so it makes it fun. Yeah. Oh man. But, you, you said this at the, at the beginning of your response. I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about this. Yeah. And so, um, with your sound, and uh, just coming from solo artists and having a band, um, the sound, and let's just talk maybe longevity, if we could like t- forecast that, is yeah. um, you mentioned that we have a sound and we're going to be true to that. So when you see us, this is what you're going to hear. 
like, um, and I'm sure it will as you age and, you know, and fatherhood becomes a different thing and marriage becomes uh, something more and, like, you know, you just gain wisdom. Right. And the way that you develop ideas and along with everyone else in the band. So I think there'll be development there. But do you think, yeah. like, the sound will evolve and shift? I mean, I think it's going, it can bounce, or it'll bounce around whatever genre we're in, you know, like this Americana genre. Um, you know, that's the beauty of, of this genre is you can bounce <laughs> from folk to country to rock and kind of mix it all in there together and you yeah. can bounce around the bounce around the room, you know, maybe you'll be a little closer on the rock end one album than yeah. the next album, it'll be a little more chill, like a folk album, you know. Absolutely. Um, you know, that's that's kind of the freedom in that. And uh, I'm trying to make sure I, when I'm writing, I, I'm not too harsh on myself being like, well, you know, that doesn't fit the first album. Well, you know, write the songs and then, you know, get your batch that you really like and then start you know, putting an album together and, you know, if it's good, it's good, you know? Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, we definitely have like our own, you know, sound that signature yeah. fuzzy in the rust belt sound that, uh, I want to make sure we're still true to that in a way. Yeah. Cause I, it's, it's, I think over the years and what's crazy, it was a, um, it was a band that has always done it. I called them, um, about midway. I called them on their third album talking about incubus okay. oh really and so um like the past two or three albums like it stopped i think at light grenades is when i stopped i still buy their music because uh, I, I still like them but like i have vinyls of theirs that i didn't even open because i didn't like the record i just yeah. bought it you know i just own it yeah and um it's like i don't like that sound yeah but it's nothing different about Incubus. It's like they have always done this. They've always developed. Like their first album, it was like, you know, it was extremely like, you had a lot of um, scratch on the DJ and like it was psychedelic. It was funky. Yeah. And then their sound, like by the time they got to science, it was like they're kind of hard. They're hard rocking, you know. They're a little more yeah. hard. Yeah. And then like the next album come out, morning view and it was like oh they're just chill yep and it was like yep. mike and zinger's influence on guitar i think has changed a lot too like uh he was always a big influence that uh taught me to learn how to play jazz chords okay um like a lot of incubus songs as i started learning them i was like they all have something in common and you know look it up and be like he's a he's a jazz player yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, there's always little things, you know, little similarities within each player's, uh, you know, style or songwriting. Um, that you, you know, the more you you kind of research it, you can pick those little things out. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're you, you know, I noticed the same thing with uh, Coldplay for me. Um, you know, their first three albums were pretty similar. You know, I mean, kind of could have all been written in one era. Yeah, and then they came out with Viva La Vida, which like shook the whole thing up. Yeah, and uh, was phenomenal. And 
I mean, honestly, when did that come out? Like, 07, 08? It was around that, man. It may have been 09, but I think 07 is it. I mean, I think that kind of, like, I'm not crediting them for the Americana move, like, resurgence. But in a way, like, it kind of, I think, opened up people's minds or, um, I don't know, I think people were more uh, receptive to when Mumford and Sons then popped on the scene. Um, you know what's weird that, about that? Like, I, that? I wanted to uh, I wanted to tell you, uh, ask you this, too, is, like, uh, with Coldplay and Mumford and Sons, you're absolutely right, because it quickly hit, like, it became something more. It was, like, pop Americana. Yeah. And so it was, yeah. you know... <laughs> But, like, have you ever tried to define, like, the genre of Americana, like, with someone who's, like, not familiar with music? Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, I just used that whole thing. It's I think I think you nailed it. Yeah, it, it's just, it, it hits, you know, you can just kind of bounce, like, you can circle around this. I, I see, like, a, a triangle, you know, and you've got, you know, folk country rock and then you just draw a circle in the middle of it yeah and that's americana i think that's the best way to put it because I, I struggle with that because um like a lot of the artists that i'll share like your your band for instance they'll ask what is it it's folk rock americana <laughs> and they was like what yeah <laughs> it's folk rock americana and they was like what is it it's like well it's americana but it has senses of rock and it has senses of folk. <laughs> yeah. It's like, just listen to it. You'll get yeah. what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's hard to describe, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's fun, you know. It makes it, uh, there's a freedom then when you, when you write. You, can, you don't have to, uh, like I said, you don't have to be so hard on yourself that you're not stuck in that genre, you know. Yeah, man. So, well, man, we chase we chase some rabbits. Let's get back to uh, just highlighting the year. So after Rodney Atkins, yeah. oh man! So after Rodney, uh, we got together with uh, some of the the big dogs here in Buffalo, Leroy Towns and Tencent Howell, and played with them at the Mohawk Place, which was um, kind of like on my list of things to do for 2019. Was kind of. Um, meet those guys and kind of, um, you know, see what they're all about. Um, you know, from that show, you know, it opened up doors to get over to, uh, the the sportsman's tavern, which is kind of, uh, a big deal here in Buffalo. Yeah. And so we did a emerging artist series there and, uh, it was us and a few other people. And, uh, yeah, just one thing kind of kept going. One thing led to another, you know, and what happened then we got into the Jam in the Valley. Uh, that was uh, the radio station again that uh, hooked us up with that and then went over onto Rib Fest at uh, Niagara Casino. And kind of after that, we were like, okay, well, where are we going here? And all of a sudden, Willie came and knocking. And uh, we got into that uh, Outlaw Music Festival with Willie Nelson and Allison Krauss and uh, <laughs> Bonnie Raitt. 
dope. <laughs> yeah, dude. Well, like I said, we got to that point, and like it was such a huge thing. Like, you dude, know, I love Mandy's story about it. Which one? I, I think it's I think it's so. Well, both of them are hilarious. Like her getting there late. <laughs> Oh yeah, but uh, the the funnier one was like I, I it's just like um, I think your leadership is just hilarious, man. It's like uh, oh by the way, guys. <laughs> yeah. yeah, by the way, uh, it is uh, it was it was also. almost like uh, just unbelievable news when you said that, and she was like <laughs> talking about her response on the last episode. Yep, dude, that was funny. She's like Willie yeah. Nelson. <laughs> They, all, uh, they, they get mad at me sometimes, but um, no, and so, you know, after that, it kind of was like, um, then the, you know, you're on such a high, you know, and we've had such a, like a, just uphill, like, well, not uphill, just a constant, like, we're just constantly, you know, doing a better show after a better show after a better show. Um all year long and then we finally hit the like the peak here with Willie and, and then it's like alright here comes the this is going to be the come down you know and uh, you know it kind of hurt a little bit because there was a little bit of a come down and, um, but you know it's just been a busy fall for us we've had a, a interesting year uh, with everybody personally too we've um, you know, we've been so busy with the band and everything um, that, you know, we've had some personal things going on as well. So everybody juggling all of that as well as trying to make Fuzzy and the Rust Belts work. Um, it's really been a juggling act. and um, But everybody's handled it with such grace and uh, professionalism. Um, it's just a really we're fortunate to have each other in this group. Um so, you know, then we, we were able to, oh, we got a cool gig over at Mohawk Place with the Talbot Brothers, who were out of uh, Portland. Um, it was on a Tuesday night, and it was kind of, uh, it was a humbling experience. While we got to, you know, watch how a touring band kind of, uh, you know, why they take certain gigs on a tour that might not yield positive results. I, I, um, I, I like this story, man. I love this story. Well, it was really cool because, like, um, I asked them afterward was, you know, why would you take a show on a Tuesday night where, you know, you know, there might only be five people there? And they're like, well, you know, it's gas money, you know, to get to the next big paying gig. And uh, I'm like, that's a cool way of looking at, like, your tour you know and you you map out how you're going to get to that big paying gig and uh but for so it was cool learning that but for us it i was humbled because it was it came after the willie nelson show and it kind of put me back in my place a little bit it was kind of just saying hey man you had a great show you got to keep working though yeah you know, and uh, and so we did, and you know, we got a good relationship with Mohawk in Buffalo, the Mohawk place, and uh, we were fortunate to get another gig over there with a uh, fantastic uh, 
a honky tonk kind of guy, Jeremy Pennell. Yeah. Uh, he's out of Kentucky. And so that was a lot of fun, uh, playing that show at the Mohawk with them. And then, uh, and that was it for us. Like I didn't book anything cause you know, uh, Butch, he, he had ended up, he has wedding. It was in November. Right, yeah. And, congratulations to him, by the way. I haven't, I don't yeah. know him or met him over a phone interview yet, but congrats. <laughs> yep. So, so like, you know, then we had a couple other things kind of pop up. Um, yeah, life last happens. Minute. And uh, so we're like, all right, well, you know, we got our show in uh, in December, and you know, we'll we'll push that. And so, um, so then too, also what kind of helped that in between time was um you know also this year we put out two music videos um you know we had the big uh uh debut for that sweet song back in august yep uh, which was huge for us because at that time there was a contest going on to play some festival here in buffalo um that we entered in on and our music video dropped at the same time and um so all these people were watching that and you know, we're getting bumps on our social media from that. And then that fell through, but then Willie Nelson came about. And so it was like huge right there at the end of August, early September. Yeah, man. I remember it. Like, um, uh, I remember like sharing it and talking with people about the thing. Man. Yeah. Like trying to, cause I mean, I was trying to get them to vote. I voted. <laughs> <laughs> it was fun. You know, it was, it was a good time and it was great for just getting the name out there and all that. And then it happened again now. So, you know, just when we thought things were kind of slowing down, all of a sudden, you know, home away from home, you know, we spend some weekends in October getting that ready to go. Got the release for the single, the date, everything. And just at that time, that Taste of Country Riser competition came up again for 2020's Taste of Country Riser. And uh, I'm like, you know what? let's do it, but let's do it as a group and, uh, and see how we do and mm-hmm. just go in with no expectations. Let's just go in and have fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, man, boom, we did, we did this and, you know, again, we got the music video and the single, which are doing great. You know, taste the country riser, uh, starts happening for us. And then we're promoting our show for, December 13th with Jonah Crawl. So things are starting to work again in our favor as far as, you know, getting the name out. Social media is doing well. And, and then we end up winning the thing. <laughs> so I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I couldn't believe it. <laughs> I, dude, I was, I was kind of floored for, I did an interview afterward with the radio station. I, I I think I'm kind of an idiot in it. I I, I don't want to listen to it. I really don't. I, I think I sounded like a moron. Um, I totally forgot to plug our show. Um, for Friday night, I, I emailed them and said, hey, do you guys mind plugging it for me yeah. afterward? But, uh, Dude, I've, yeah. I've been there, man, like uh, with some of these, <laughs> some of these podcasts, like, uh, I don't know, like, it seems like I do the editing and like, yeah, hey, man, and just feeling it. And then after it goes up and it's out and it's too late, and I was like, oh, shoot. <laughs> yeah. 
yeah, I know. It's like, oh, man, why didn't I remember to do that? You yeah. know, or why didn't I remember to say that? Yeah, man. Uh, you know, same thing in, you know, when you're playing live, you know, and you forget to, you know, plug I, the, you know, that you're going to have CDs or whatever. That you know what? I think it all comes out in the wash, man. Yeah, it does. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, and I, I think it's I think it's okay. And I think, like, uh, sometimes, like, uh, when we're not at our best and, like, we seem floored, is um i don't know it's i don't know it's it's a cool experience for it has value i don't i don't know it just has it has some kind of a value but man i wanted to go back just for a second about with uh um in the cap this just for songwriters out there because uh with with some of the lessons that you learned like you said uh he wouldn't take a gig in a in a town, you know, that wasn't if it wasn't right. That was the question to him. Is like, why are you taking this one? It's there's a possibility of there not being two. And then just like um, what you've learned about stage presence. Yeah, um, and I'm I, sorry. Go, yeah, go ahead. Let me uh, just let me rephrase the question. And so, like, yeah. just, let's talk about this. Is like just over the year. Like with uh, these cool opportunities that you've had and all the lessons that you've learned for the songwriters out there, for the bands out there listening, is just your takeaways for 2019 with these experiences, whether it was about picking those gigs, if you're trying to be a road band and like how it's, how to look at it, or um, if it's stage presence, or it's just play. It's just playing in the capacity of someone you never thought you would share a stage with, right? And just what does that look like? Just someone to aspiring right now. Well, one of the things is, um, as far as gigs go, um, never take a gig that you don't think that. Here's the thing: if you don't think you can. Um, bring some people and you're reliant on, you know, booking the club and it's your show and stuff like that. Yes. Um, it's kind of irresponsible if it's, you know, if you know that it's a 250 person club, say, and you're only going to bring, I don't know, 20 people. Yeah. Um, it's kind of a, you either got to put together a bill with like three other bands and everybody does that like hour, hour and 15 minute you know, power hour kind of show. Right. Um, you know, you put that together, you split it, you know, three-way split kind of thing. Um, you know, being responsible as a musician, I think is um, a good thing to, to make sure that you're doing, especially with clubs, because, you know, it's a business too. They want to make money and, um, you know, obviously we all need places to play, especially as an original band. And, uh, and there's in a place like Buffalo, and I'm sure there's lots of places like Buffalo in the U.S. that, you know, there aren't a ton of places for original music. Oh, um, preach, brother. So, you know, we... Or imagine also, living in a place to where your genre doesn't fit fit the scene, so you couldn't possibly get it. Right, so then you're limited, you know, to maybe, you know, two to five places in a city, right? And 
you know, the problem is you're going to exhaust yourself if you're trying to play every week as an original band at these places. And um, so you got to kind of look at, well, what are, what are my realistic goals and objectives, right? Well, right now it's, I'm not going on tour, Yeah. you know, right now at my um, current situation with, you know, family and where we're at. So how can we creatively do this? And, and part of the things that I have started to do is I, I book us maybe every four to six weeks um, because we created a, a live show that's about an hour and a half, a 90-minute set of yeah. original content with maybe three or four cover songs in there. Something that supports what we're doing. Yeah. Um, so that's that's what we've been doing um, right now. It's been working out good. And, you know, if we have to, you know, put, put a bill together, and I'm trying to do that right now for Mohawk Place of, um, in uh, April, we're going to be uh, playing over there. And uh, so I'm trying to put a, together a three-band bill. And, uh, you know, hopefully we can uh, fill that pretty good and have a good night for ourselves and for the club and sell some merch and just, you know, be um, respectful of the club and, and uh, still, um, you know, try to promote each other and, and bring each other's fans out, and, you know. Yeah, man. <laughs> Cross-pollinate, so to speak. I'll, I'll share with you this just about that advice you just gave but like just picture this is like this is some of the the local scenes uh in the area is like the reality for some of these bands is there may be only one scene and if they don't have the music like they're an original band yeah but if they don't fit the genre or what plays there they they can't play right and so they're left with um, maybe a private show, maybe a frat party, or maybe just by some miracle there's a Sunstroke House. And that's what I'm so thankful for. I'm thankful for the Sunstroke House, and I'm thankful yeah. for people like Monk on Alt-1017 who will give these people some kind of push. You know, there's a way yeah. you can you can find them, you can hear them. So I'm thankful for uh, Indies Only that plays on Saturday night. You've been on that show, man. Yeah. Like, uh, I'm thankful for that. And so, man, like I've, man, my passion for some of these bands in this area right now is just, I'm, I'm, I'm doing everything I can do to like, just get them out because they, they can't play here. They have, yeah. they have to go somewhere else, but yep. they, but they, but they can't move. Yeah. So what do you do? You know, I, <laughs> it, there's, if anyone has a chance to listen to it, um, I don't, did we talk about this last time? It was, uh, Joe Rogan's show. Uh, I don't think we did. It, he had a really good interview with the, um, Oh my goodness. The black keys. Oh, we did not talk about this, but dude, yes. Patrick, dude, Patrick, awesome interview. Patrick Corny's heart for music. You know, I had Erica Winterstrom on, She's from the uh, Heartless Bastards. Oh, cool. And uh, she retold the story of how the Black Keys, Patrick Corney, discovered the Heartless Bastards. Oh, really? And how, I didn't know that. And how they got that uh, the Mountain album recorded at Fat Possum where 
the Black Keys recorded an album, and then they got to headline for Black Keys when they were first getting around. Oh, that's cool. And so, like, dude, Black Keys, Patrick Corney, Dan Arbach, man, I love everything that they do. And so, dude, it's, it's and an they, awesome they do, and they're like Jack White. They do so much yeah. for the music community. And well, one of the things I loved about them is they had some great advice for bands like me. Yeah. You know, bands that are original bands that are in towns like they're from Akron, Ohio. So it's a Rust Belt city. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not far from me. And so what do you do with that when you were up here in the Northeast or in the Midwest or upper Midwest? And, you know, you want to go down to Nashville. But he made a valid point. He goes, listen, he goes, how many bands, you know, all these bands moved to L.A., they all moved to Nashville, they moved to New York. Mm -hmm. If we really sat down and counted how many, out of all the bands that went there and all the bands that have come in the past, say, 20 years, how many have actually come from those areas? They have it. Right. Or, or, you know, there's a few of them. Obviously, you know, people will come from them. But more people come from, you know, Minneapolis or from, you know, Austin or from Orlando. Did you, you know, all... did, to break right there with Austin, did you see the shift in musicians right now in Austin? They're leaving. Why? I don't know. I, I haven't heard that. But they had uh there was an article that got put out, I think it was on uh Saving Country Music. That uh it was an old timer, man. He's in his seventies and like he was an influential musician in the area and he left. And oh. like they went on to say that he's not the first, that many people are leaving Austin right now, that Austin's landscape is changing. Well yeah, I mean we could get into a whole big thing on that. Um <laughs> It's, yeah, um, it, the whole, I think, uh, not only the, the musical landscape, but the political landscape is changing as well, which yeah, I think you're in a, it's a, that's a conversation yeah, for, for another time, yeah. but, um, yeah, that's, that's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but one of the things I, to get back on the, uh, black keys real quick, what he yeah. did say, um, for guys like us is working from the periphery uh, of Nashville. So, you know, you um, you still work at your home base, you know, making, you know, Buffalo or um, or like um, Akron, you know, home base and, you know, how you got your tour and stuff. But And you still affiliate with who you need to affiliate in, you know, say Nashville. And, um, but it's still very much possible to, you know, make it as a, you know, successful musician without making the move. Um, you know, it's not that you have to go down there. Now is the opportunity greater? Sure. Maybe, you know, I, I, I don't know. Um, I'm not in that situation yet, but I've got five um, friends that recently made the, the move to Nashville over the past three years. Yeah. And um, as far as success, I would say to some extent. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, the opportunities are there, right? You're, you're able to meet people easier. And, it's uh, about rubbing elbows, right? 
yeah. That's the whole point. It's like it's a melting pot, especially like East Nashville. Like when we right. went up and worked um, Tomato Fest um, back when it was hot as hell in Nashville. Like I don't know if like everyone doing a spin on Nashville hot, like they're talking about spice or heat. But uh, <laughs> I, I don't know. But um, East Nashville was a fun place to just kick it. Yeah. Cause like uh, it was it was a lot of like everybody there. It seemed like they were a musician. Yeah, well that's <laughs> yeah that's the thing. Every, yeah, and that's what you run into, right? So then you know you're just uh, one of many in a in a a huge pool. So, but the thing about it, like uh, I'll tell you this, is like in Kennedy, like where I'm from, like where I'm sitting to you talking to right now, uh-huh. is like I could name you. Almost every musician in this town. Yeah, I could I could tell you every guitarist, every drummer, and I could tell you the state of health they're in. Yeah, and like I remember when I was eighteen and first was coming out as one, and like it was big fish, little pun. Yeah, and it was easy to be like a big deal at a house party. All right, your oh, school. Yeah. All right, your school. Yep. And to be like, just nobody, nobody else is doing this because like it's so small. Yep. And then I moved to Mobile and I joined the. I I got on a scholarship, uh, a boy scholarship. I don't know what they were thinking, but anyway, <laughs> like singing the choir and got to do like big production stuff. Okay. And. In a room of 400, I felt like the smallest fish. And so it was small fish, big pun. And it was like, so my advice, like, with, like, moving is, like, no. I think it, like, hurts because that hurt every bit of my creativity. I yeah. felt so small. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know what the right answer is. I, I guess, it, like, you know, because obviously, you know, it works for the Goo Goo Dolls here in Buffalo, right? They yeah. They left, went to L.A., and. And, uh, you know, it worked out for them. So I guess really it, it really depends on, um, you know, who you are and, and uh, how good you are and, you know, who you rub elbows with. Yeah. And, uh, but um, I did like, though, what they had to say about working uh, from the periphery of, of, you know, a music city and, and the freedom in that. Um I think there's there's so much value, and that's what I say about my friends who have moved to Nashville. Yeah. Did, in my opinion, did they make the right move? Yes, because yeah. everything that they have learned, and when I call to check on them, everything that they're doing inspires me, and I know it's inspiring them. Yep. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, I'd love if you know, I were ten years younger, and you know, it was a different situation. I'd totally go down there, you know. Um, but you know, at this point, in where I'm at, it's just not in the, not in the cards for me. But um, so you know, that's where you got to think outside the box and, and work from uh, work from the sidelines and and kind of see I mean, where you can go. There's beauty in that, dude. I can't tell you um, a lot of the guests that I've had on the show. Um, who are just extremely seasoned musicians. I'm talking like 20 years in the game. Yeah. And they've been in several bands and have influenced several people 
in those bands and like a lot of times they didn't even realize who was influencing them like think about yeah. like a jason isbell with drive by trucker kind of thing right and um like their advice that they give when they're sharing is the same thing that you're talking about is like uh um uh, you know, I never thought I would be the guy that's doing the dad shows, or I never thought that I would be the guy that just makes frequent trips out to California. I never thought I would be the guy that just is a weekend warrior. Right. But um, I'm doing all my responsibilities with my family, and I'm doing what I love, and by some miracle, I'm able to still do this as a living. And I, I have to fight for it every day. Finding time yeah. to write, it's a pain in my ass. Yep. I wake up early before my mind's even developed, and sometimes that's the best place, or it's late at night when everything is just on my back. Yep. And I was like, man, the life of a artist. It's true. <laughs> it's true. I mean, I you know, I got my studio that I'm in right now that's, you know, it's a few blocks away from my house, um, and I'm fortunate to have it, but, you know, I'm here three, four times a week, you know, and, you know, I help my wife put the kiddos to bed and, you know, she's gracious enough to let me then come down here and I'm here, you know, for three, four hours sometimes. And I, I appreciate you taking the yeah. time tonight, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, that's, it's all part of the side hustle, you know, and as a, uh, you know, a working, uh, a working, working musician. And, uh, you know, it's, it's worth it. You know, it's worth the hustle because the passion of songwriting is, is just so great for me. And, um, I can't imagine not creating and not having the, the outlet to create music. And, you know, when you, when you ask me about, you know, songwriting advice for, for people is, you know, I just constantly go back to, Right about what you know. Man. You know, I just had uh, Pete, Justin Peter Kinkleschuster from uh, Water Liars. Uh, if you're not familiar with him or his band, check them out. Water Liars? Yes. Okay. And, um, like, he just said exactly what you said. And he was like, you know, because a lot of his critique, I guess, is like it's dark. Uh-huh. And he was like, um, you know, I just when I'm doing songwriting and he's like, I don't like being asked about it. I don't like talking about it, but, um, it's, it comes from a place that I know that right. it, that is dark and that I have lived, but it's the bittersweetness of it. Uh-huh. I may, it may be in mourning, but it it is happy. It's just not, it doesn't sound happy. Sure. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and I mean you can and you can do that. Yeah, you know, I wrote a song. Um, it's pretty deep. It's called "Long Lost Wind." Actually, we played it at the final for uh, the Taste of Country Riser. Uh, that's what uh, I think put us over the edge was this song, and it's got that you know four four Johnny Cash kind of you know uh-huh. you know it's you know. Yeah, um, I hear a train coming. Yeah, kind of, you know, it's kind of <laughs> got that vibe to it. And, you know, it's a it's a foot tapper, you know, and it's fun. People like it. They, you know, they want to clap to it. They nod their head to it. They tap their feet. And it's all about, you know, 
neglect and, you know, um, you know, uh, just, you know, I got this idea. I was, I was in a bad part of town and, um, I just saw these two kids just alone. Yeah. Doing whatever it was that they were doing. And, and they were young. I mean, they were my kid's age. I couldn't imagine, you know, letting my kid walk around in a neighborhood like this alone. And, um, you know, and so I'm, I'm watching them and they're just being kids. They're just playing, you know, running around and everything. And this whole storyline came into my head of, uh, you know, um, it starts off, I'm, I'm 21. My family's gone. There's no one left to lean on here since I've, uh, since, since, uh, since I've been gone. That's heavy. And, uh, it goes through this boy's life. Um, he's telling it, uh, you know, from a, from a young man's eyes at this point, but, um, you know, he talks about basically he's been bouncing around from home to home, uh, searching for a family and, uh, how, you know, for the longest time he would stare at that door waiting for mom or dad to come home. And even when they were home, you know, um, he was neglected, but, uh, that was probably, that was probably the best thing that could have happened. Uh, yeah. Consi- considering all the other things that were going on, you know, and it's very deep. I mean, you, you go through the lyrics and, um, it, it, it's a deep song. It, it was, it kind of came very naturally, but, uh, um, but it's another example of taking something, um, you were saying it could be a happy song and, uh, but be slow and, and, uh, moody and yeah. where people are thinking that, you know, it's, it's a sad song, but it's really a happy song. Yeah. And, you know, in this case, it's, it's, uh, people, you know, can tap their foot and bounce their head to what, might come across as a happy song but would it be like the hey ya of outcast yeah. right like the the lyrics of that song was jacked up but i mean it's a good song yeah <laughs> it's that yeah. kind of idea yeah it's the opposite yeah, exactly and uh so that's that's the beauty about songwriting is that you can you know even have enough beat you know sad song and uh so um that's that's what I like about songwriting is the um, there's no rules. You yeah, know, yeah, absolutely. Do what you want. Absolutely, man. And so, I like I, I guess to put a period on it is um, nothing has meant more, man. Like uh, I was just bull bull crapping um, a couple months ago at an open mic. I played late. It was like I went on at eleven thirty, and um, I had just sat around to watch. I just wanted to see the talent that was going to come out that night because I was looking for a podcast, maybe you know. Sure. And um, I just asked a couple of the guys. Like I liked the way that one guy played lead guitar, and I asked another guy, I liked the way you play bass. And, and then um, got up there, and I was like, "Y'all don't know this song." And, I, you know, I kind of told him what to do, told him the key, and I was like, let's roll. <laughs> cool. And, and we done that with, like, three of my original songs, and during halfway through the second song, a drummer come in and sat in on it, 
and um, it was like a special moment. Sure. And um, after it was over, I went outside on the porch, smoked a cigarette, and um, some guy followed me out there and just kind of tapped me. He was right behind me. He's like, "Dug those songs, man." He's like, "So are y'all a band?" No, I was like, "Those I wrote those songs, but um, I was like, I just met those guys tonight. I just asked that they would play with me." That's cool. And uh, man, um, that second song you played it touched me, and I was like, "Really." And then he kind of told the story about what it meant to him and why I wrote it was not even near to that, but that's what he heard. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> cool, man. Cool. Yeah. Those those moments are rare. Like, I've been told that, like, maybe four times, but that's a reason to keep on. It really is. I, I, I love it when that happens. And uh, that happened with uh, our song, Home Away From Home, is... Uh, there's a, a guy that uh, I've come to know. He comes out to see us pretty regularly. And uh, he and I have built a friendship. And uh, he and I were sitting having a beer one night. And um, he kind of expressed to me his uh, why he identifies with that song so much. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had a really cool conversation that night. And um, it's just, it's cool because it hits everybody, like you said, differently. Yeah. You know, and they, they interpret it a different way. It's really cool. I had a um, a guy that I went to high school with. He graduated like a year or two before I did. And uh, I guess we're friends on Facebook or however it works. I don't know how he found it. But yeah. um, like he wrote me. Um, I guess it had to be Facebook. He wrote me on Facebook. Uh-huh. And um, like I had, it was a podcast. It was episode 100 where like I was the guest. Oh, okay. And uh, shared the first song I, I, I shared was Away I Go. It was a song I had just wrote like the night before. Okay. Both songs on that I had wrote the night before. Like I, I had never had a night like that with songwriting where I wrote two. Yeah. But um, uh, he, he sent me, he's like, your song Away I Go. He was like, um, dude, I love that song. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I was like, dude, we never connected like, I knew him all my life, and, like, we never hung out. And I just, like, it was just somebody you would see that you would say hello to, and that would just be it. Yeah. Like, y'all were cool, but you weren't cool. Like, you were just, just acquaintances. Yep. And I was like, man, so, like, that's like relating to a stranger. That was cool. Yeah. That's cool, man. I like that. That's it's cool when those those moments happen. And uh, uh, when was it? I had a situation with that uh, with Pine Belly Woman as well. Um, yeah, man, I'm, I I want to hear that song. Yeah, that song will come out eventually. It will, it's uh, it's one of those ones. It's it's hanging on there. Just uh, um, I got to figure out. I, there's just got to be a little bit more to it as far as. I don't know. There's some special ingredient that I'm missing here, and uh, we're going to find it. So Mandy and I are going to be singing it at our show on Friday night. And uh, oh. so she had, she's taking a verse or two. Plugs right here. Uh, uh, do it that just came out. Yeah. <laughs> What's that? Your do it with her. Yes, her home away from home. Yeah, man. 
yeah it was uh that was a fun experience we recorded it at her house um in her living room and uh she and i and our bass player eric and uh that was fun man and it was just a lot of fun to redo that song and and add her to it change the key and uh it gave a whole new life to it so um her voice is so amazing it just adds another level to that song that, that was the first thing i told you i think on the first episode that we got on together is like i think that amanda is being underutilized yeah yeah she's being she's being utilized more and more i think more than she ever expected that's for sure yeah man that's 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 so dope man yeah it's it's such a nice uh um she and i our voices complement each other real nice they do man y'all, y'all yeah. the harmonies are great yeah i i love it i like singing with her um and uh it's just been a lot of fun kind of as we grow as a band and um you know we we start to learn each other a little bit and how you know certain little things that we do and I, uh she I, tells me she knows she can she knows when i'm about to mess up the lyrics she says i have like a, a tell you know like in poker that's a true and, thing uh, man yeah so i asked her what it was she told me she won't tell me that that that's that's a real thing is like uh me and levi when we had the general specific me and him we had the foundation band before that me and him made music together for six years uh-huh. and um like we lived together for two years but like you know what's crazy about that relationship what's that it's like the whole time we were rooming like we had a piano like a stand-up uh-huh. in the living room and like guitar in my bedroom and guitar in his bedroom and I could count on one hand how many times we played together at the house. Isn't that funny? Like, it was almost like we wanted to do anything but music while we were at home. Like, we just wanted to watch NBA or something, you know? We just wanted to hang out. Yeah, sure. But, like, he had one of those tales, and I had one of those tales, too. And so, like, at uh, church, when we would play together, like, I would play... Um, the grand piano was on the corner, and, like, I would run my line over right behind the grand piano okay and so i could see him because like um with our songs especially when we had the general specific and like when we would play for the church is like if we felt like there was a need to extend or if like dude it was rarely practiced like we lived together and didn't play but like when we were on stage and when we were playing like it was as easy as him like looking at me and like just nodding his head, and I knew exactly what was coming. And then I would look over to the band, and I would tell them what was going on. Like uh, he would—he was the leader, but I was the guy that like told the band what was about to happen. Yeah. And uh, we just did signs, and the—that was—that was crazy. Do you do y'all have? I'm sure y'all do by this time. But that band ran for four years. It's like it was almost as like as easy as a nod, and everybody understood what was about to happen. Yeah, we do little signals like that. Um, it's usually like the lift of a headstock or a stomp of the foot. Yeah. That kind of stuff, yeah. Yeah, man. And so, yeah. man, that's, that's that's beautiful stuff. Yeah. Is, uh, so, like, with with the dynamics I'm hearing, like, with uh, the duet and just some of the live things that I'm seeing, 
And as you, I think it's cool that you bring the band members on sometime with you on Fuzzy Fridays. Yeah, I, I wish I could do it more. Um, sometimes, you know, after rehearsal, I, I like, I would, I want to do it, but, you know, people got to run or whatever. Yeah, man, so, life. Yeah. We'll get them on. We'll get them all on eventually. Yeah, man. But yeah, Fuzzy Friday is a lot of fun, man. Well, brother. So we're we're going to take a break, though. Uh, I think Friday is going to be the last one of the year, and we'll start back in uh, January. Awesome. So, well, man, it is. Uh, it's getting late here. It has to be getting late there. And, yes, uh, sir. So, um, just final thoughts. Anything left to plug? Uh, any any final thing to say to the porch talk audience before we uh, part ways for the year? Fuzzy, I'm uh, I'm I'm so excited for y'all, man. Well, thanks so much. I appreciate it. Like uh, um, all my support and everything I can do, dude, I've, I totally believe in y'all, man. I, I love it. Thank you very much. And uh, I, I'm glad your podcast is doing so well, man. Um, it's really a, a cool podcast. It, it's I, I get excited when you call me. You're like, hey, you want to <laughs> get together and do another one? I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, that's... um. I got home, I worked the mall today in Tupelo, and I got home, and I had Cobb over here, you know, he's a regular okay. on the show, and uh, me and him talked for about five, ten minutes, and uh, I was like, well, I'm about to go back here and talk to Fuzzy for a bit, and uh, I'll holler at you later, and he was like, dope, nice. <laughs> you know, and it, it's like, it's almost like a familiar thing, it's almost something that uh, people are going to look for, and I'm excited about the podcast in general is uh i'm changing the landscape a little bit like it's about to go mobile oh, okay cool and so uh no longer gonna be confined to a computer and a microphone like we can do the thing on the road nice. and we can create different environments and so looking for that early 2020 i'm still test piloting i, I did the first test pilot last uh yesterday i did it yesterday afternoon uh, and so okay. it went great but uh there's a lot of things i gotta work on but Anyway, yeah, sure. man, I'm, I cannot believe it, dude. Like, it, Porch Talk is just, like, just a little over a year old. Yeah. And uh, I give it up to the guests, man. Like, I give it up to, like, uh, there's a following in Buffalo. And yeah. I, I think it's because folks know Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. That's great. You know what I mean? That's great. I'm glad to hear that. That's, uh, that's awesome. And then, like, um, there's folks in California, and I know that... They're hearing Fuzzy and the Rust Belts. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, I well, want y'all to know about my boy, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, I love it. Thanks for, for having me on again. And, um, you know, to the Porch Talk universe out there. Yeah, man. Um, Fuzzyandtherustbelts.com. Check us out. <laughs> yes, sir. And yeah, follow them on YouTube, man. Check out those Fuzzy Fridays. Yeah, check us out on, on YouTube. It's fun. It's It's yeah. a lot of fun. And I... Um, sometimes I feel like I'm doing the same thing over and over again, but, uh, you know. I, it's always worth the ride, man. Like just as a viewer, um, it, it, it hasn't felt monotonous yet. Cool. 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 Well, it's a lot of fun, man. And, uh, yeah, if, uh, you're out there and check us out on YouTube, you can see our home away from home video and that sweet song as well. And, um, you can link into all that from our website. So. Yeah, man. Cool. 
All right. Well, that's a wrap. Fuzzy, th- thank you once again just for taking the time, man. I know it's getting late over there in New York. Absolutely. Thanks, man. Yeah, I think we uh, surpassed that half hour mark. Huh? We sure did. <laughs> it was worth it, though, man. Absolutely. All, All right. right, brother. All right. Out of here. News and notes. Thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. I'm so glad that you're here. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show. And uh, I don't know all the algorithms or how it works, but that really does help as far as being found for those unaware. So share it on your uh, social media and tell a friend in person. That helps out a lot. Thank you so much in advance for that. Now, I would like to tell you about Munson Brothers. We are at the Tupelo Barnes Crossing Mall to the end of the year. You're running out of time. It is that stocking stuffer for that beard in your life. Whether it's your boyfriend, your husband, your uncle, your cousin, your friend, your brother, your self, whomever. Beard oils, balms, body wash, hand wash, soaps, candles, necklaces. Got some gold leaf art, too. Check us out. MonsonandBrothers.com You don't have to go to the mall. But it would be cool if you'd come out and connect with us. But uh, that's my plug for that. And so to walk you on out the door, remember that song I was telling Fuzzy that I just didn't like, but I like now? Well, here it is. Some call 50 million. Getting on out of here. Peace. Out. <laughs>
Save big on brunch for mom, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.